0: what up y'all we are back with another edition of the dnvr rams podcast presented by DraftKings sportsbook as always i'm justin michael and today we are going to be talking about the latest signee for csu men's basketball patrick cartier two-time division two all-american six eight forward that can score at all three levels really talented guy In my opinion, probably one of the more underrated transfer recruits in the entire country, but uh, definitely one of the more highly coveted Division II transfers at interest from Wisconsin and at Marquette and all kinds, and CU, I mean, so all kinds of big time, high major interest, ultimately signs with CSU. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about his fit, his background, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, We'll also talk about CSU Tennis briefly, who recently secured the number two seed in the mountain west tournament it's been a phenomenal year for them and we will talk about the csu volleyball schedule which was released today and then the uh, the return of the rocky mountain showdown hoops edition csu and cu going to meet again in december we'll talk about that momentarily uh that news broken by my good friend rocco miller go follow him on twitter great hoops resource Then I will wrap up the pod with a little more audio from Saturday's spring game. We'll get you some audio from Clay Millen this time. Got plenty from Jay Norvell on Sunday's pod. Now we will uh, get you some of that audio from Clay Millen. Make sure you go check out all of the content that I posted on that spring game. I wrote a couple of articles, like I said, have about a 30-minute podcast kind of breaking it down, some takeaways on spring ball as a whole. And just how everything is is in a much better place than it was even six, seven months ago. I mean, the work that the Norvell's have done to rejuvenate the community is tremendous. It it really is outstanding. And to me, some of that stuff matters, you know, even more than the wins and losses, especially in year one. Obviously, the expectations are that he's going to come in here and and turn this thing around. You know, we want to be competitive. We want to see a winner. And and I think that Norvell's the guy to get them there, but... Also, just having a guy that you can be proud of to to lead your football program and represent your university, much like Sonny Lubick, that matters. Last year was embarrassing from a football perspective, yeah. I mean, the losses added up, obviously the Utah State debacle, but much more so than the product on the field, it was embarrassing because you just had a grown man throwing temper tantrums at a podium left and right and bullying people and chewing them out and just making a mockery of really this entire program. I mean, he, w- he was genuinely an embarrassment. And it, it had everything to do with the way that he conducted himself and, you know, less about the results. Were the, were the results disappointing? Yeah, that sucked. But CSU, they've lost a lot over the years. It wasn't like that was anything new. But just the entire way that he carried himself was ridiculous. And it's night and day. It, it's night and day when it comes to, to Jay Norvell could not carry himself in a better way. Anyways, the uh, the NBA playoffs are here. That means next-level basketball. Get in on the first round of the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. If you are a current DraftKings Sportsbook customer, don't worry, they are going to hook you up too. You can get involved with the same-game parlay, and if you place a same-game parlay with three or more legs, you can get up to $25 back if one leg does not hit. They're always giving you a shot at redemption. That's what I love about DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs. Get $150 in free bets instantly. Again, that is with the promo code DNVR when you sign up with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, all right, all right. I kind of buried the lead there. In the, in the intro, but CSU has landed a big time commitment in Patrick Cartier and the Rocky Mountain Showdown is returning. It's back. The Buffs are not ducking the Rams like they did last year. Bang, bang, shots fired. Again, I will not back down on that. That is what happened. But uh, yesterday evening, again, my guy Rocco Miller on Twitter at Rocco Miller 8 Colorado and Colorado State will restart a home-and-home series next season. The date is set for December 8th in Boulder. So an opportunity for the Rams to play a quality road game without having to travel very far. I think that's an important distinction. It's actually going to be better for the metrics, to be honest. At least that would be my expectation. I, I do think CU will be a little more consistent next year than what we saw last year, and they still ended up finishing in the top. Uh, top four of the Pac-12 so not a bad season all things considered but I expect the Rams to be a top 20 team this year at some point and because of that you know hosting CU isn't really going to do much in terms of boosting your national resume if you go on the road and beat them though despite the fact that it's you know only like a 45 minute drive it's going to help you from a metric standpoint And, you know, it's going to help with the casual college basketball writers across the country that, you know, aren't that locked into it and just see, oh, CSU picked up a road win over a Pac-12 team. And to be honest, I kind of like that this is in Boulder because, again, I think that the Rams are going to be a top 20 team. I think that they're going to have really high expectations, you know, make the NCAA tournament, all that stuff. I want this veteran team to be tested early and, you know, go into hostile environments and getting an opportunity to go into Boulder that would be great. I mean, Boulder fans, they haven't gotten to, uh, you know, get the the David Roddy Isaiah Stevens experience firsthand, you know, in their own building. I believe that game their freshman year was in Fort Collins. So I, I, I think it's a great opportunity for a veteran team to pick up a quality win. It's going to be big for the resume. It's going to be great to get them battle tested before conference play. It's great for interest in local hoops. You know, I think CSU fans, they're obviously going to be locked in regardless of whether they're playing CU or not because you're supposed to be a top 20, top 25 team. You're coming off of an NCAA tournament appearance. Everyone loves these players. They love Medved, all that. They're bought in. It is good for the the more casual observer, though. and, And beyond that, it's just good to have local teams playing each other. This is a game that should be played every year. I think there's an argument you could say that it should be played twice a year. Play it once in Boulder. Play it once in Fort Collins. Kind of what New Mexico and New Mexico State do. But to me, it's just, it's one of those games you got to at least have one of because it creates interest. And when your programs are not great, like let's say, you know, it's one of those years where CSU and CU aren't killing it, you have a game that everybody cares a lot about. But when they are great, when they are expected to have expectations, when they are both expected to contend for the NCAA tournament, then you have a, a really exciting game between two good teams. Shouldn't we want that? To me, wanting good quality local games should trump the fear of potentially losing a, a tight game to your rival. It's not going to kill you from a metric standpoint. That was the thing that I didn't understand about CU ducking CSU last year is, it's just like, wouldn't you benefit from playing a, a team that's, you know, from a metric standpoint, killing it this year, a top 25 team? And then they ended up getting snubbed. So it was kind of a little, or not snub. they ended up missing the tournament though. And it kind of ended up being a little bit of karma. You know, a lot of bus fans, you know, sticking their chests out when I, when I brought it up at the beginning of the season. Why would you duck them? And, oh, well, we don't need to play CSU. Well, even if they would have lost to CSU, having that game on their resume would have benefited them. The only way it really wouldn't have would be if they would have just, like, absolutely got blown out. And while I do think CSU was significantly better than CU, especially if they would have played, like, in in November or something early in the season. There was enough talent on that team and in the heat of a rivalry game, it's always going to be close. I mean, there were some years when Larry was here where CSU was able to beat CU and those CU teams had significantly more talent. They did. But you never know in a rivalry game and that's why they're fun and that's why they should play every year, especially when you don't have the, the argument like you do in football. In football, as frustrating as it is for me, and I still think that CSU and CU should play every year just because the the interest in college football as a whole isn't just given. It's not Texas. It's not SEC country. But even when CU and, and CSU were like scratching to barely go 500, you know, in the Bobo McIntyre years, they're still selling 70 plus thousand tickets to that game. The interest was always there. So I just, I don't understand why you would get rid of that. I do get that they play one less non-conference game in the Pac-12, so it, it limits CU's options and you have an opportunity to go play other, you know, big schools. Minnesota, they they got Texas A&M this past year, but also a lot of times they just end up playing like Air Force and then schools like that. So I just I don't I don't understand why you would do that. That's an even trickier matchup than CSU. But I, I do understand why CU fans groan because if in football especially A loss is is brutal to their season in a 12-game season. It's absolutely horrible. Oh, you lost to a Mountain West team. And if you win, then everyone's just kind of like, well, that was supposed to happen. So I get the groans on the football side. And basketball, one, it's been really competitive. You don't have the lopsided history like you do in football. But also, a loss, it's just not going to kill you in a 30-game schedule the same way as it does in a 12-game schedule. And because of that, I just I don't think there's any reason that these teams shouldn't be playing every single year. I thought it was super lame that that CU Ducks CSU last year, and I felt that you know the basketball gods in some way there was there was some karma there, there was some justice thrown out that they ended up being you know kind of just on the the edge there and ultimately not making it. Anyways, it's uh, it's great to see that that game is returning. Great for local interest in college hoops. Excited for the return game in Fort Collins the following season and uh, let's hope that we don't have more breaks in the series like we are going to with football, because that's lame, and it's completely unnecessary. But, yeah, let's move on. Let's talk about Patrick Cartier, the big-time Division II signee for CSU men's basketball. Real quick, though, I want to shout out the homies over at Breckenridge Brewery. Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. We've got beer on tap and regular seltzers being sold in the bar. They recently... Released a hard seltzer soda. These are legit, guys. I really like them. The root beer is my favorite, but they've got Coke, Cherry Coke, uh, Ginger Ale. There's a Orange Creamsicle one, which kind of tastes like a dreamsicle. They're only 100 calories. They're not overwhelmingly sweet, though. The thing about Mike's Hard, those are overwhelmingly sweet. If you've had any of the other good company seltzers, which is the Seltzer line by Breckenridge Brewery, they're a little bit, you know, a little bit more subtle, and I appreciate that. I don't need to feel like I need a cavity check after I get a drink. These are fruity. These are fun, but they're not so sweet that you're going to get a headache and, and feel like crap afterwards. They're very crushable, and that is perfect in the summer. And I'll just say this. The Nuggets, they were 0-3 before I got some hard seltzers uh, from Breckenridge. They're 1-0 since I started crushing them. So I, I could not recommend them more. I could not recommend their other hard seltzers, their lemonade seltzers, Uh, Their Avalanche Amber Ale, Juice Drop IPA, Summer Pills Shandy, Strawberry Sky. Oh, I just breezed over that. They've got a Shandy coming out as well. They do everything well. I I cannot say enough good things about, about Breckenridge. So go check out the Breck Beer Locator. Find the closest location near you that sells Breck brews. You will not be disappointed. All right, all right, all right. Let's talk about Patrick Cartier. Let's talk about Patrick Cartier. The big time addition for the Colorado State Rams, six foot eight forward, a, a guy that is going to come in. He's at two hundred and twenty pounds. He's got a little bit more uh, thickness than Deshaun Thomas or Adam Thistlewood has, and just a really versatile player that's going to help CSU on both ends of the floor. Six rebounds per game. He's effective on the glass, but really, I mean, what what stands out about him is just his ability to score. Sixty six percent from the floor last season over 40% from three, 44% from deep as well. 22 points a game and he's doing it on about 13 shots a game. So he's not like one of those guys that's having to put up, you know, 25, 26 shots a game, really, really efficient. I guess 19, 20 shots in college would probably be more realistic. I'm watching a lot of NBA playoffs. So I'm thinking about stats in those terms, but Anyways, they need a guy that can be able to score without having to jack up a bunch of shots. You know, you've got established scores on this team already with Isaiah Stevens and David Roddy. I expect Jalen Lake to take a big jump next year. John Tanjay, when healthy, has obviously been a big producer for this team. But now you add another guy with size that can help Roddy defend the paint. He's much much more versatile offensively than what James Moore brings. But again, you can throw Moores into the mix defensively as well. Hopefully, he. Develops a little bit of a a post game this next season, but I like the Rams options. I do think you maybe try and add another five if possible, but I just, I really like the Rams options here. I think Roddy and Cartier in a front court is going to be really, really dangerous, especially when you pair it with the guard options that CSU has. And they're going to be able to kind of fluctuate between small ball lineups and, other times where they put Moores in and have a true 5 out there, you know, maybe throw a little bit more size out there for teams like San Diego State. I just think Cartier is is really the the perfect addition. He's ex- exactly what CSU needed. He gives you another body that you can put in the post. He gives you another guy to help, you know, Roddy with the rebounding load. He gives you a really consistent three-point shooter, which, you know, you need to make up for with DT and Thistlewood and Kendall Moore all moving on. And what's really great is while he, you know, this year again, I, I think what's gonna be great is he should fit really well with the rest of the players on the floor, is he does have that ability to be a superstar. So if you need him to turn it up and, and carry you for a night, he can do that. And then next year, you know, when potentially, you know, you have a lot of roster turnover, you have a lot of these guys moving on, Isaiah Stevens, Roddy, we'll see. They might decide to you know, some of those guys could potentially use their extra COVID year, we shall see. But, you know, having that second year is is just huge. I mean how great would it have been to get Chandler Jacobs for another year? So I'm, I'm just really stoked about this edition. If you can't tell, I've got the press release here. This is a quote from Patrick Cartier. I chose Colorado State because of the family culture. Also because they have the tools to help me develop as a player, person, and student. Just going through some of his accolades, he is a two-time Consensus Division II All-American and great Midwest Athletic Conference, a.k.a. GMAC Player of the Year. He was the male conference athlete of the year as a sophomore. He led them to -to back-to-back Division II NCAA tournament appearances. Just a really productive guy. I mean, he's seventh all-time in in points scored there with 1,624 uh, 640 career made field goals which is six all time in program history he is the career leader in field goal percentage at 65.2% a full 4 percentage points higher than second place 65% at the amount of volume that he was putting up again like he wasn't putting up a selfish volume but he's scoring enough to to be shooting at that efficiently at 65% that's just absurd And a little bonus, I know you guys are going to love this. Much like David Roddy, a three-sport standout in basketball, football, and track and field at Brookfield East High School, the commentators, uh, they should eat that right on up. We'll see what Nico Medved and company do with their other two remaining scholarships as of now. I do expect Klesmet from Wofford to be one of the guys that ultimately signs, but, you know, this process is wonky. We shall see. He has interest from some schools down south. Uh, sounds like Wisconsin is in the picture now as well, so we shall see on that. He would be a great two-guard addition, really. I mean, if you end up with Klesmet and Cartier, I mean, that's that's a really solid offseason. But I'm, a, I'm, I'm very encouraged, and, you know, more than anything, I'm just going to remind people that, even if they don't end up signing Klesmet, it's a long offseason, and you should trust this staff because they're going to bring the right type of player in, just like they're doing with Cartier. We're going to wrap up the pod here with some audio from Clay Millen following the spring game, but I did briefly want to talk about the CSU volleyball schedule that came out. The Rams opening against North Carolina Friday, August 26 at Moby Arena. A lot of big-time opponents. Then they will face uh, UC Santa Barbara the next day. Couple days later, going to take on Northern Colorado before Arkansas comes to town on September first, September second, Florida Gulf Coast comes to town, and September third, Alabama State. On the eighth, they play their first road match of the season at Baylor before coming back home for matches against Evansville and uh, Oh no, excuse me, that match against Evansville will be in Waco as well. So will Arizona State. So nice little opportunity for the Rams to play some Power Five programs before they come back and play a home-and-home home with CU. Love it. I mean, you got eight programs on the schedule that played in the postseason last year. You've got some really intriguing programs coming to town. I'm sure that North Carolina match is going to draw an awesome crowd. And I like that it doesn't have to compete against football. You know, when CSU has a, a zero-week football game or something like that, it, it makes it kind of hard for those openers. But August 26th against North Carolina, big-time matchup for... Tom Hilbert, and the CSU Volleyball Rams. I also want to shout out CSU Tennis, who recently earned the number two seed in the Mountain West Tournament. They have won four matches in a row in which they've been really dominant. I mean, they're coming off of a 4-0 sweep over Nevada. Before that, took down Wyoming four sets to one. Before that, they swept Utah State 4-0. And before that, they beat Boise State 4-1. So 16-2. Uh, when it comes to sets over the last four matches, really, really great stuff, and it's been a been a historic year for the CSU tennis program. They will finish up the year at the Mountain West tournament out in Tucson, Arizona. That begins Thursday, the twenty eighth at three p.m. Mountain. That will run the uh, the twenty eighth through the thirtieth. So good luck to the Rams. You know, it'd, it'd be awesome to see them come away with some hardware after this. They're hot. They're hot at the right time, and. It's just great to see some of these programs continue to rise. I mean, we've seen CSU soccer elevate over the last couple of years. We've seen CSU softball, you know, really rise in prominence. And now we're seeing it with CSU tennis, which historically has been a pretty terrible program and they're killing it. They're absolutely killing it. All right. Like I said, going to leave you with some clipped up audio of Clay Millen answering some questions on Saturday after the spring game coming off of a four touchdown performance. Nice day for him. Did have one interception, but it was on the first series and he responded well, which is uh, one of the things that he talked about. So enjoy that. much love to you. We will be back with more content throughout the week Got the NFL draft coming up. Sounds like Trey McBride starting to, to rise up people's mocks again. I talked about it about a week ago. I was like, this is what happens with prospect fatigue. Everybody was so stoked on him so early that they got excited by other guys as this process went along. But Now, as we get closer and closer to the draft, you end up going back on the guys you trust, and McBride is just a prospect you can trust. All right, looking forward to talking about all of that throughout the week. Enjoy this audio of Clay Millen. Much love. Peace. How good was it to bounce back after a good a close start? And how much did the wind impact what you guys were trying to do
1: out there today? Yeah, so obviously, uh, first off, the wind was a little bit of a factor. But, I mean, everything starts with me. You know, as a quarterback, I got to go out and have a hotter start than I did. Obviously, we didn't have the start we wanted to. But the offense really picked it up. And I think I helped show that, you know, even after I make a bad play, I can bounce back and um, still stay level-headed and still lead the team. And our overall the guys just they played really well towards the end. Uh, we just picked it up and we got in a rhythm and it was just easy from there. Um, so, overall, once we got past that little speed bump and the offense played really well. Uh, how much different is your attitude this year? Last year you were kind of a kid, mm-hmm. watching, learning, and now you're expected to be the man. Yeah, so obviously I haven't I haven't arrived or anything. I'm still young and I'm still learning. But, I mean, I think I got to learn from one of the best quarterbacks in the entire country last season with Carson and just be in the meetings with him every single day. And I got great coaches, Coach Norvell, Coach Mummy. They're all they teach it super well in the offense, like we talked about. It's pretty simple. Um, so I've been able to learn it and just get comfortable with the guys. And all the receivers out there are doing a great job today. Like The guys that have been here and the guys that transferred over, they've been great. So it's been... We just keep on building this thing and it's been good. How much pride do <clears throat> you take in the accuracy of your deep ball? and take us through that day long one you had it? Yeah, so actually, like we said, the wind was a, was a factor that I was thinking about the entire time. Um, they showed some man looks and obviously when it's man, we like to take, we like to throw some go routes and fades, but because of the wind I tried not to do that because it felt like the wind was gonna take it. But the one to Torrey, I know I had a little bit of wind in my back. So then my mindset was literally just trying under throw it by like two yards and let the wind try and push it a little bit. So it happened to work out really well. I don't think I've played really in a, as much wind as I had right there. So um, just trusted it. And I, I think once I got some deep balls down, you know, some intermediate passes, I realized, okay, I can still throw in this thing. And it was good.